Good morning or afternoon, wherever you're located. We are one day away from the Aquarius new moon and the Lunar New Year. And so in Chinese and Eastern astrology, um, their system is built on a lunar cycle. And as of the end of this week, we all enter the year of the wood dragon. Um, I've posted about that at length here on Substack. That post is unlocked for all subscribers, so you don't have to be a paid one to take a look at it. We pulled, I think, a very interesting I Ching coin for the year of the wood dragon, which was um, revolutions or molting. So definitely going to be that Aquarius dragon energy at fever pitch this year. And frankly, at the end of this week, a lot of things are culminating and coming together. And we're going to be confronted with new data, new systems, and we're going to have to release and shed the old. You know, it's one of those things like evolve or die. I think we're, we're in that right now, individually and collectively. So I don't typically do new moon uh, tarot readings, pull cards. I do this for the full moon for paid subscribers, but there is just with Pluto and Aquarius and the Lunar New Year felt really important. So I wanted to pull a couple cards and boy, they did not disappoint. I mean, if you're looking for intensity and unmitigated chaos, evolution, et cetera, here we go. So if you go ahead and look at the image, you'll see four cards. These are from our totem tarot deck. Uh, the three cards on the top are three key themes of this new moon and the lunar new year. And the fourth card at the bottom is the uh, narrative thread, sort of the thematic element that ties all of the other three cards together. And let's just go there to that fourth card. Why bury the lead? Why ignore the giant, aggressive, ancient god of chaos elephant in the room? Uh, we pulled Set. Now Set is my deck's version of the tower card from the traditional tarot deck. So if you're familiar with tarot at all, you know the tower card is like, oh, shit guard literally you know readers will do this whole thing like no it's good change is good you know whatever leaves you you have to release it right now da, da, that kind of a thing and that's not false but i am telling you right now there is nothing like pulling this card this energy it will be a gut punch ultimately may it be a gut punch that's good for you shouldn't take away from its initial impact so let's talk about set a little bit um the reason we made this card set in the totem tarot deck is he really is an ancient god of chaos. He's Osiris's, um, wait a minute, let me get this right. He's somebody's brother and somebody's uncle. Oh yeah, yeah, so he's Osiris's brother and tore Osiris to bits, leaving his body parts all over Egypt. And that's frankly where they built temples and began the part of the ancient Egyptian religion around funerary rites because Isis, Osiris's wife, went and collected all the bits of her dead, dismembered husband, courtesy of her brother-in-law and his violent rage, and put him back together, except for, fun fact, his penis. And so she replaced his penis with a gold penis. And the theory is a crocodile had eaten the original. So Egyptian religion is not like <laughs> religion we grew up with. It's kind of... It's kind of like a bad acid trip sometimes. Um, but this was a key story in the ancient Egyptian funerary rites, um, mummification, canoptic jars. All of that comes from the story of Set and Osiris. So Set is often depicted as a villain because, by the way, is, is a no-no, even in ancient Egypt. However, the story was a metaphorical means of demonstrating that the only thing stronger than the gods was pure chaos. And in fact, there's another story involving Set where they're a pep, which was sort of like their crocodile hippopotamus, demon of the pit, the one that consumed uh, the people's souls and flesh who didn't move on to, you know, their version of like Valhalla, the afterlife. Um, he got out of the pit 
he got literally out of hand and set i.e the god of chaos was the one who could put evil back in its place um so that's why we transformed this major arcana card a little bit and took it back to an older story so it will be chaotic um the tower literally is going to fall there's going to be decoherence i've written about that too with the virgo full moon coming up it just seems like a convergence of a very similar set of, of themes and key narratives energetically for the next couple of months the good news about set is chaos is fair and also evil can really only operate in bureaucracies in institutions convoluted spaces where it, it can sort of hide out of view right so the only way to really release us from our, our bondage, if you will. You know, um, the devil card in our deck is the shadow card. It's all about exploitation and bondage. The only way to really get out of that is to de destroy the systems. Um, it's not a negative card, but it is a card of like, for want of a better way of putting it, labor pains. So if you get a chance to look, I also unlocked a full moon post that I wrote called Fire in the Madhouse about the upcoming Virgo full moon. So between this Aquarius new moon and the Virgo full moon, I'm literally seeing it as being full of kind of labor pains, contractions, the the chaos, sound, fury of something new coming and something old dying simultaneously. These are concepts people in the woo, new agey space talk about a lot. So you may be like over it and you're like, yeah, I know, you release the old, you get the new, da da, da. This is not like that shit. This is going to be legit. This is going to be hang on to your goddamn seats, you know, pour yourself a stiff drink here we fucking go, kind of a ride. Um, and I don't think I'm overstating that, you know, as the veil of illusion collapses, we're all going to be dealing with a lot of cognitive dissonance and reorienting ourselves to a new reality. I mean, we may even go full deep weird and realize like the nature of our reality is a simulation simulacra. And I don't mean like a video game simulation, but there's something Truman show kind of going on here. And as that comes apart, it's it's gonna it's gonna suck and be awesome. So when the set card shows up in a reading, my key advice always is instead of trying to run to higher ground, as you see the monsoon wave come hit about to hit the shore, get your surfboard. If you can match chaos with chaos, if you can flow and surrender a little bit and not attach, panic, try and like grind or white knuckle your way through it, you're gonna do a lot better. Um, truly anything that goes away right now, let it go. You can rebuild later. Don't, it's just not a good idea to try to hang on to all of that. And the other piece of this is, you know, seeing what good things come in with the chaos. You know, have you developed new friendships, uh, made contact with people that you have a lot of respect for, whose ideas around this time? Those are going to be, you know, part of that new crew coming in. Um, the other thing about matching chaos with chaos, which I know it's like this old, it's one of my favorite, um, quotes from a Shakespeare play, Julius Caesar. And I think Julius Caesar says, uh, I'm probably going to butcher this, but bear with me. Avic cried he who met chaos with chaos and let slip the dogs of war. Um, so if, if ever there was a quote for this <laughs> year of the wood dragon, that's it. Um, looking, oh, and also in chaos theory, um, there's a concept of something called a strange attractor where if someone embodies more of what appears to be chaos energy that mirrors the chaos around them, they actually, through a, a paradoxical kind of quantum theory thing, create order. So just so you know, matching chaos with chaos might be the only way to create order to fall into a state of what we call Wu Wei in Feng Shui, I Ching, and Chinese medicine. And Wu Wei is the invisible river that kind of carries you, otherwise known as a flow state. 
So on the top here, upper left-hand corner, the two of trees, this is the beginning of a great spiritual adventure. I always tell people the two of trees card in our deck is like, you've gone through the looking glass. It's on the other side of the looking glass and the other dimensions, possibly other types of beings are looking back at you. So as you take notice of them, they take notice of you. Um, this card is meant to depict both like a entryway to a mystical kind of walking path, the beginning of a physical adventure and material reality, but also a neural pathway opening a new space that you're accessing <clears throat> in temporal or liminal space within your own mind or your own energy body for that matter. So that's not that chill. Um, this card can bring some Kundalini syndrome, some Mandela effect, like some trippy stuff that happens when you're dead sober, but you're kind of on the edge of this high strangeness. Um, top middle card, ace of moons or one of moons, the moons in our deck are our version of the cups. Um, this is literally the new moon. That's what this card shows. Uh, it is indicative of all new beginnings that will lead to bliss and tremendous emotional spiritual fulfillment. Um, I think it's interesting to pull the only new moon card out of 78 cards in the deck on the new moon and for this lunar new year. So um, what I would say with this card is you may get an opportunity to start a new business. Maybe the new business is you're an energy practitioner or a psychic, or maybe you're getting a brick and mortar space. Um, maybe you're moving into a new home. Maybe you're adding a new family member to your family, whether that's a human baby or a fur baby or, you know, a snake. I'm not discriminating. It's the year of the wood dragon. I love pet snakes for the record. And I think pet spiders are cool. I just can't have them because my dog will kill them because he's not exactly a dog. Anyone who's met Gus knows that he's a little different. Um, to, on the upper right-hand corner, the Two of Crystals. This is, interestingly, the card of, like, energetic, spiritual, and physical evolution. And I wrote a great deal about that, i.e. ascension in the Virgo full moon post called Fire in the Madhouse. If you get a chance to look at that, please do. Um, this card tends to bring a cycle of, like, you're genuinely innovating. So you're not moving along that X axis on a Y X chart. You're going up, you're going from zero to one along the Y axis, meaning you're energetically, spiritually, physically doing things you've never done before. Highly, highly novel. And this is the realm of like pure pioneering in the woo. Um, so because of that, then generally people experience, you know, um, peaks and valleys in energy levels, fatigue, strange but dramatic shifts to their diet to like what they want to eat how they feel how their body feels and even in in several cases like changes to the physical form so people may start commenting on like oh did are you wearing colored contacts has your have your eyes always been that color did you get your hair colored have you been on vacation you know weird comments because they're trying to give a home or a container to the phenomenon that's largely energetic that they're observing. And a lot of humans don't have woo language for that phenomenon. So heads up on that. Um, when I pulled this card a lot back in the day, this is when I sort of infamously regrew my wisdom teeth. Um, I was going through a huge spiritual, energetic and physical transformation at that time. And for the record, my hair color's never been the same. No matter what my stylist does and how ashy, she, the dye she puts on this wig, it comes out red. So just so we're all clear, I was not born with auburn hair. This is a very new phenomenon that I'm fighting tooth and nail. And the other piece of it is my shoe size change on eye, not both change. So that's fun. Uh, that's not weird at all for my husband. He'll, he'll joke with me, he goes, oh, your eye's doing the thing again. So anyway, just some fun things for you to look forward to because life isn't, you know, weird enough, I guess. This, uh, this reading's interesting. We have two twos 
an ace and the tower card. So when I said endings and beginnings, it, this is probably the most dramatic possible manifestation of that. I think what's on the other side of it is going to be really good, really happy, um, really like in alignment and authentic and important. But first, all those old systems where corruption can thrive and flourish and uh, reproduce, that all has to come apart. And the phrase I'm kind of left with for these four cards is sunlight is the best disinfectant. So if you're uh, confronted with difficult information in the next few weeks, or for that matter, throughout this year, my recommendation is please, for your health and your sake, do not dig in. Um, every time that I've found myself upset by new information, it's always benefited me a bit. And even though my brain, my body, you know, my energy body, my heart, in a lot of cases wanted to reject it, like, oh, no, that's not real. Or that couldn't possibly be. Or what? That sounds so crazy. Inevitably, it ended up actually being true. And I think I was the better for having allowed it in. That doesn't mean allowing propaganda in, right? But um, part of the trick, the hat trick of this energy, this new moon, this new lunar year is going to be not immediately reacting to everything and go, okay, that might be true. That might not be true. And let it kind of be, you don't need to integrate it. You don't need to jam it into your brain or your energy body right away. You don't have to make it all make sense. Just kind of hang and then see what falls away as false and see what stays as true and really try to be objective about it. It's unpleasant business. You know, I think I'm more wired for staring into hell than most people because of my childhood and just the, you know, the energy signature that I have naturally. But one thing I'll tell you is it makes you a lot more resilient. And you, you're able to, when you cross through the other side of that passageway, focus on legitimately positive. Even though there are moments of like cognitive dissonance and it's emotionally and psychologically very challenging, um, on the other side of it, you're, you're better for it. And there is like a silver lining to all of it. Anyone who's listening to this, I know I have a lot of clients, listeners, subscribers who are cult survivors and cult whistleblowers and probably still dealing with the bullshit from their cults because that's how cults and narcissists operate is they like to punish you forever with vexatious litigation, harassment, um, social stigmas. What do they call that when you're pushed out of the group? I'm brain farting on that word. Shunning. Yeah. They shun you from your, your friend group and your social network, all of that. But all of you guys who've gotten out of a cult, you know what these four cards are. You've already done this. Like you did your homework early. And, you know, talking with you and, and learning more about the, the cult experience has just reframed society for me, honestly, in a lot of ways. And I think our culture is a little bit like a Russian nesting doll of cults. They're not cults that you're physically there. There's no leader, you know, necessarily literally hands-on abusing you. But there is coercive control, there is, and um, you do get shunned in our society if you don't play nice the way that they want you to, and it's scary, you know, but everyone I know who's left a cult, who's whistleblown on it, talked about it, you know, is still navigating even their way up and out as a survivor. They're all glad they left. They're all glad they let the new data, the truth, whatever it is, start to penetrate, like little seeds that get planted and start to germinate and take root. Um, so my, my rule of thumb is whatever data is bothering me, making me upset, whatever truth I don't want to look at. I think of the brave people I, I know and I've worked with, shout out Abigail and others who've, you know, gotten out of a cult and that was their entire life. That was how they made their, their money. That was all their friends. That was sort of their family. Right. 
then also gave them their purpose in life. It was, you know, cults are incredibly mission driven. And when that dissipates the ego death, like the personal apocalypse is just, it, it's at a scale that's impossible to articulate in any way for anyone on the outside, I think, to fully understand or appreciate. And I think individually, we're going to have a bit of that um, in the coming weeks, months, and this year, Lunar New Year. And we're also going to be because of that. So be kind to each other, deal with people as individuals, and don't attach to any of the drama or noise or narratives. Just kind of keep an eye on it. The way I look at the news, and you know, whatever, whatever that even means anymore, is like, you kind of have to impress me. It's almost like sell me on it, pitch me, convince me. And outside of that, I'm not obligated to buy it. And it can exist in the marketplace, but it doesn't have to be a consumer product that I purchase. So that's my little mental trick for these, uh, these interesting, interesting, turbulent times. So happy new moon in Aquarius, happy year of the wood dragon. Um, take a look at our wood dragon post. I mentioned the Virgo full moon post that I unlocked. That's usually, I do the full moon post for paid subscribers, but I've unlocked it for everybody. And also I did an episode of the Skeptical Shaman podcast with Nicole Bigley. She's the host of a psychic story. And we talked about the kind of fun chaos of this year, the year of the wood dragon. We talked aliens, angels, you know, went full weird. So that's here on Substack, but you can also get on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, anywhere else you listen. It might just be a good companion for this, uh, this um, interesting storm 